0: So just to kind of give you some background about myself, I'm uh, from South Louisiana, I'm a born and raised there, uh, Lafayette to be more precise, I think it's the greatest city in Louisiana, other people might debate, some people say New Orleans, not true, totally overrated, New Orleans is like the Tokyo, Lafayette is the Sasebo, it's where you really want to be, if you will, um, but like the thing is, it was, it was an amazing place to grow up as a priest, um, and especially grow up and become a priest, my, my best friend from high school, is a priest my brother is a priest my confirmation is a sponsor my confirmation sponsor is a priest a lot of us we just had a lot of really strong priestly fraternity in the Diocese of Lafayette It was an incredible experience just an incredible place to be a part of um, I got ordained in, in 2017 and uh, whenever I got ordained I, you know I was with a, with a bunch of classmates my brother got ordained the year after I did and um, they sent me to a college campus uh, I think it's one of the, the better Uh, Catholic college campuses in the U.S. It is a a public school, UL, the University of Louisiana, but because of how Catholic Lafayette is, the actual Newman Center, if you will, is a parish on the school campus, on the grounds there, Uh, and so to be a part of that was really just an amazing experience to just kind of have that kind of like just to kind of cut my teeth in that, that setting Was really really powerful. Um, A lot of people at mass. We did three masses every Sunday. A lot of people at mass. A lot of young people. A lot of students. It was just a real blessing uh, to experience that. And then I I I joined the navy. I had always wanted to join the navy. I always thought it would be a really awesome idea. Uh, Really excited. I want to you know ruck with the marines and like you know go and like you know fight battles in Afghanistan and whatnot. Not with a weapon. You know with prayer. Of course. You know we're non-combatants after all. But, you know, I wanted to get out there, you know. And so, so I, signed up for the, you know, I signed up for the Navy early in my seminary career, did three years in, in Lafayette, and then it was time to go and, and basically fleet up, if you will, go, to, go join active duty. And they assigned me to an aircraft carrier. And so there I was, you know, not exactly living the, the, the whole dream that I wanted to live, uh, on this aircraft carrier. It was, it was called the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower, uh, nicknamed the Ike. And, uh, and I'll never forget, I left chaplain school. Got to the aircraft carrier, spent about two weeks there, kind of moved into an apartment off, off, really off the the ship, and then we deployed for six months to Fifth Fleet. And so that was how I began my naval career, deployed in Fifth Fleet in the middle of COVID. So not really hitting any ports, not really getting uh, the experience of kind of seeing the world, just kind of going into the Middle East and just kind of sweating it out. And I tell people, and I I believe that was probably one of the hardest times in my life. I go from this extremely vibrant community, this extremely uh, amazing, profound Catholic place, this incredible diocese where I had all the support amongst priests, even within my own family. Uh, And there I am, floating, if you will, kind of in a government-run institution, made of steel, being told when to eat where to sleep, how to do, starting to sound familiar like something else you might be thinking about. That's what it felt like, all right? Here I was feeling like I was in jail, going six months without seeing another priest, not even being able to go to actual physical confession with another priest, which I've never done before in in my entire life, right there was kind of at an all-time low. And I'll never forget, like kind of like feeling that really the the low kind of hit my first Sunday. So I leave the diocese of Lafayette. I go. I, I, I you know we start Mass. I've been led to believe that whenever you're a priest on an aircraft carrier, everybody goes to Mass because there's nothing else to do. Everybody goes to Mass. You'll get hundreds of people at Mass. It'll be an incredible thing. You'll have the biggest service ever. It'll blow your mind just how active people are. And so there I was. About to celebrate my first Mass. I go up to, profess, to, to to venerate the altar. I look up. I say, the Lord be with you. And I'm looking at 13 people. 13 people. And I'm just like, I left everything for this. See, there I was, right there, kind of in, in this kind of low spot. But a few weeks after, a friend of mine did something that I didn't ask for, but I appreciated. He sent me a, a, a book and the book was called, get this, a prison journal. Uh, and so, you know, something that I could relate to. It was but a prison journal by George Cardinal Pell. A prison journal by George Cardinal by Cardinal Pell. So Cardinal Pell, to give you some background, was the senior Australian prelate. He was like, he was the he was the Archbishop of Sydney at the time, um, called up to go to the Vatican, to straighten out Vatican finances. And then on trumped-up charges, these the Australian High Court, if you not the Australian High Court, but the Australian authorities accused him of basically some, some, some very, very inappropriate things. Uh, and essentially, to kind of give you some background on the accusation, is these accusations. The story read exactly like a Rolling Stones article that came out in 2004. So it was pretty clear from the outset that what had actually happened, what had actually transpired... We didn't actually make any sense. So what does Cardinal Pell do? He could have chosen to stay in the Vatican. The Vatican's its own country. The Vatican, can, you have diplomatic immunity right there. You're a cardinal, you're a citizen of the Vatican. You can essentially stay there and be safe. But he chose to go and clear his name. He chose to go to Australia and ultimately kind of make, a, make his case in point and say, look, this is not true. Well, what does Australia do? Australia kind of having this anti-Catholic bend to them decides to ultimately, basically because of the basically the, the, the juridical pro- process is what it was going through, they threw him in jail. And they threw him in jail, not just any jail, but they threw him specifically in solitary confinement for 13 months. And it wasn't until the, the 13 months, it wasn't until the charges got all the way up to the high court, that the high court quash the charges and they realized, hey, this is all made up, this isn't true, and they let him go free. But for 13 months, this man, who is far more influential than I'll ever be, this man who who is a prince of the church, this man who's right below the rank of a pope, was essentially right there, by himself, unable to say Mass, in a real prison. And he wrote a journal about it. It was a three-volume journal, and it was profound. And what I would do every day for lunch, and after lunch, excuse me, after lunch, was I would read this journal. And I would read and just sit there and marvel at the phenomenal peace that this man had right there in prison. He exhibited no anger, he exhibited no type of resentment, no type of, of kind of of no type of just, just disgruntledness, but rather a phenomenal peace that this is where God had him. In fact, the most powerful line in that book, the line that really kind of changed my entire deployment was whenever he wrote about people going up to him and kind of writing them letters and kind of saying, you know, oh, car, you know, your eminence, that's what you call cardinals, your eminence, oh, your eminence, you know, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sorry to hear about how you've you're kind of been accused of these things and ultimately your, your, your situation is what it is. I'm so sorry to hear that you have to go through trials. I'm so sorry you have to, you have to go through all of the, these, these sufferings, if you will. And Cardinal Pell's response I think it was brilliant. He would always look at them and say, well, you know, the Son of Man didn't exactly have it much better. I thought that was a good point. Very often we can get into these lines, we can get into these these parts in our lives where we kind of wonder, why me, God? What's going on? Why is this happening? Why are we going through this suffering or this pain? Why this issue? What is going on? And we tend to look at the Lord and look at ourselves and start kind of a pity party. But this answer cuts through all of those temptations. And we recognize that ultimately, who are we to demand an easy life? Who are we to demand a life that is ultimately comfortable? Who are we to demand some some kind of walk in the park? If the Son of God Himself came upon this earth, deserved all of those things, and got none of it. Instead, He got crucifixion. Instead, he got the death penalty. Who are we to question that? And I think that example that George Cardinal Pell kind of exhibited really gave me a lot of strength, a lot of power to push through. And that's why I would argue that ultimately Cardinal Pell was so powerful and so influential to me was because he was essentially John the Baptist for me in that moment. Cardinal Pell kind of adopted kind of this this John the Baptist moment And whenever I say John the Baptist, I mean I call him John the Baptist for three reasons. One, he deferred to Christ through his words. Cardinal Pell always, especially those that one line saying, look, the the Son of Man didn't have it much better. Christ didn't have it much better. Who are we to ask for more? Those are very powerful words. And the fact that he used those words to articulate kind of the beauty of Christ and ultimately lead people like, you know, this desperate chaplain like myself closer to him, I think it was extre- extremely meaningful. But the second thing he did was was John the Baptist demonstrated the presence of Christ through his, 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 his actions. What did John the Baptist do? John the Baptist was fundamentally a baptizer. Somebody who would bring people into the, the arms of God by plunging them into the river Jordan. This is not an easy task. These are specific actions done by John the Baptist that ultimately kind of shows and reveals that he is a man pointing to Christ, deferring to Christ. Powerful stuff. It was no different, with Cardinal Pell. He, his whole life as an action, was, was a very he's a very vocal cardinal, very active cardinal, very very profound in the church, and always seemed to try and act in such a way as to steer it in the right direction. But more poignantly, and I think most powerfully, what made Cardinal Pell special, What made John the Baptist special is that not just their actions, not just their words, but their entire life radiated the glory of God. Their entire life was a deference to Jesus Christ. What did John the Baptist do? John the Baptist retreated and lived by example, by eating honey, wild locusts, clothing himself in camel's hair, and by living by that example for years on end, Articulated through his life, not his words, not just his actions, but his entire life, that the glory of God is near. It's no different with Cardinal Pell. It's no different with you and our vocation. Our call as Catholics are to be John the Baptist in today's world. We don't live in the in the medieval era anymore, where the Church and Catholicism is big and vibrant and beautiful, and every every corner, every street corner has a big and beautiful church. We don't live in a time and a place where. Popes have a whole lot of power, and bishops have a lot of power, and priests have a lot of power. Like, that's just not our time anymore. Our time is rather more like ancient Israel. And we are here, kind of this remnant, kind of these John the Baptist figures that are called to radiate life with our, radiate Christ with our example. Live radical lives with our words, our deeds, sure, but more live radical lives by the way we conduct ourselves, by the way we can defer to Christ, by the way we can maintain our peace, in trial, and, in, tri- in trial and tribulations, much like Cardinal Pell did. My friends, Cardinal Pell passed away this past week. That's why I'm kind of going, really want to focus on him a lot. He passed away this past week. His funeral was yesterday. And I just want to focus on that one point. If we're going to honor this man's memory, if we're going to honor the memory of John the Baptist, if we're going to honor the memory and, and the call in our life, our Catholic faith, maybe we too can have that, that attitude. Maybe t- we too can have that resolve. To defer to Christ, not just in our words, not just in our deeds, but throughout our entire lives.